I mean, I've already been blessed to be here. I mean, Lord is wonderfully good. I'm going to get everything. I'm not going to try to be long-winded, but I haven't been here in the church for the last 25 plus years. And the uh, Lord is so good, isn't he? The most wonderful thing is to be able to, from your heart, you can say it. You know, he is wonderful. And I'm going to talk a little bit here because you notice I'm from Oklahoma and I have a little bit different accent, right? <laughs> but you can understand me, right? All right. Uh, that's not, uh, I used to tell people, I'm not an Oki from Miskoki. I'm an Oki from Sweden. So somebody asked, you know, where is Sweden in Oklahoma? That's in uh, Europe, okay? So I got uh, preparing, tried to save time and all that thing, but isn't that wonderful to be in the house of the Lord, to be saved? I mean, I can't thank God enough. I'm gonna, I want to start out first to read. That's, I got the message I want to share, but I want to read from uh, 13 verses from uh, Ephesians chapter 2. It's kind of an introduction, okay? And I'm going to share a little bit about the uh, Lord done in my life. But I want you to, you can read with me, but I'm going to turn, please, to Ephesians chapter 2. And you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. For in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as ours. All of us who were saved have that background. We were the children of wrath, enemy to God before he spoke to our hearts. We repented and received him, right? I'm going to continue, but God, I like this here. I don't preach with this, but I have to say that, but God, most of the time you say, but, it's kind of a little word, you know, oh, but, I'm busy, but, you know, but here's a good meaning, but, Amen. right? Amen. But God, Amen. oh, man, I can preach the whole week, but I don't know, but God, who's rich in mercy for his great love, wherever he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved, through faith, that not of yourself is a gift to God. Not the work that any man should boast. We have nothing to boast of. Oh, by the wonderful grace of God. Amen. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Yes, we, you know, I think the biggest thing in the world is a problem with religion. We have this do religion, work your way to heaven. But, you know, he saved us, it's all with his wonderful love and power that we're created to do good works because we are saved. Amen. That's a motive because he loved us first, right? So, verse 11. Therefore remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision 
of that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That's what make a little statement here before I continue. You know, we all have a background. You know, different circumstances, different culture, different uh, uh, whatever it is, country we're from, you know, but the thing is, we're different before we were saved and after, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? It was before and after. We should remember where we came from. We believers, I'm talking to believers here, who've been born again, received Lord Jesus Christ. We should remember. We're not looking back. Remember where we came from. Because that keep us humble. We need to stay humble. We can be bold presenting the word of God. We need to be humble. Because remember where we was. We was on the way to hell. The Lord saved us. I said all this because, verse 12, that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off or may night by the blood of Christ. Amen. That's all we can brag about, the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. But I said all this, you know, that's just introducing uh, different messages, but, you know, share a little bit of my background, because we all hear in verse 13, it said, it was without God, uh, without Christ, without promise, without hope in this world. You know, that's where, before I was saved, and I share this because I came to this country as an outlaw biker. I don't bring up my background, but I come here in 1982, as a lost soul, live for myself, that's flesh living. But here in this country was somebody who shared the word of God. It was not a missionary or a pastor, it was a faithful church member up in Indiana. A biker being saved. Share the word of God for me. Talk about John 3, 16. And thing, you know, and then other things, things happened, but I share that it took seven years before the Lord saved me. From 1982 until 19... 89, July the 17th, I received Lord Jesus Christ. Because there was people who had been sharing the word, somebody been sowing, somebody been watering, but God gave an increase. I share because, you know, I don't lift up my background, but you know where you've been. I didn't know I was on my way to hell. I didn't know about hell. I have no religious background. I was uh, raised, born out of wedlock. I was a uh, children home three years and uh, all kind of things, you know. And uh, one parents, the step-parents I stayed with, they was very religious, rich people, had a big, we'll call them flat, bigger than this, twice as big, you know, organ and things, and they went to this big state church, and, uh, but uh, there was no, I never heard the gospel. That's where I got my hate for religion. And I tell you, hope you understand me, I still hate man-made religion. You know, because to know God, to know Christ, is a relationship, we heard that right. You know, but you know, when two people get married, that's a relationship, isn't it? And two become one when you get married. But I want to go one more step and say, to know Lord Jesus Christ, to be saved, is the fellowship with God. Amen. That's a close one. You can be married and stay in relationship, but no fellowship. You know what I'm talking about? That sweet fellowship. That's what I want to talk about today, because Lord, save me by his wonderful grace. Nobody had forced me to go to church, you know. I was saved. I was in a Christ hospital of all places, but I was in a hospital. I received Lord Jesus Christ. And I started going to church in Liberty Baptist Church in Indiana, and a little church, but they were preaching the Word of God. And I told you, July the 17th, 
I got saved. And uh, August the 20th, I got baptized. But it was a week before that. That's when I uh, heard that preacher was preaching about baptism. I realized that the first step of obedience. And I got uh, baptized uh, August the 20th. And then about three months later, I started getting involved in the church. I was so involved, you know. If you hear me singing, you know, I can't carry a tone in a bucket. But I love to sing, so they need somebody in the choir. I went up there, too. I thought... I was just involved in everything, but you know, sometimes you have to realize that you can't do all things, right? But uh, I share that because about three months after the Lord saved me, uh, I surrendered. It was uh, in the church. I went to the altar. And I didn't surrender to be a missionary or to be this or that. I just gave my heart to the Lord and said, whatever you want me to do, here I am. Because I was 34 years old and lived for the, without knowing it for the devil for so many years. But he changed my life, gave me eternal life, gave me eternal hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I was without God, without Christ, without God's promise, without that hope, the wonderful hope he promised us. That hope, not like the word talking about, right? The word say, oh, I hope so, I hope so. Let's talk to one man yesterday, claimed to be, oh, long story, but he said, I said, after all this we talked, you know, he was very much religious. I said, can I ask you this man? He was 69 years old. When you die, do you have hope to go to heaven? Do you know you go to heaven for sure? He said, I hope so. You know, the hope we have is we know. I told him, you know, my, I know that hope I know. I know I'm going. So he thought, man, he thought I was kind of big-headed. You know, Bible talk all over, you know. We can know. That's not how we feel. Are you with me? We know we are saved because Jesus, God Almighty, promised us. Amen. The God who cannot lie. Amen. So that's why I'm here. And I surrendered to the Lord. And uh, I got end up in Okinawa. I never thought I could end up in uh, Japan. I'll tell quickly this. There's one pastor's uh, daughter who had been in there, Jim Singleton, up in Indiana. She'd been in Okinawa. She told me one day, you know, they called me Brother Swede out there. You know, I wonder why. You know, but anyway, she said, Brother Sweet, you might go to Japan one day. I said, I'm never going to Japan. I say this with all sincerity, you know, anybody here, young people, never say never. Just surrender to the Lord. We don't know. We don't know. But uh, he took me of all places, Okinawa. I surrendered there to a little island, Izena, 1994. I'm going quick before that, you know. God, uh, Masayo Ann, she was Kinyu back then, Masayo. She was saved in Okinawa because American missionary went there. She came to America, become friend of my uh, pastor Doro, and she came to Liberty Baptist Church. And I tell people, that's a good place to meet your spine, you know, the maid or whatever we call it. We met there, but love started now, and uh, I proposed to her. 1990, and I said, you know, if you want to marry me, I want to marry you, but uh, your Lord Jesus Christ is everything. He's going to be first in everything. She said, yes, we were separated three years. The Lord worked it out together. So in 1992, I became a member of Bowdoin Baptist Church. And in 1993, by the grace of God, me and Messiah was married April 24th in Bowdoin Baptist Church. And in uh, 1994, March 11, I was ordained as a missionary as a preacher in a Bodine Baptist Church. In 1994, on Labor Day, me and Messiah went to labor for the Lord in Okinawa, Izena. 
And I thank the Lord for we were there 21 years. I never thought Lord going to change it. We had just a different place. We had uh, through the years, we've seen 10 people, seems like serious, made a professional faith, and uh, we baptized, and uh, we had one work on Okinawa and one on little island in Zena. Lord blessed, and I never thought I was going to leave. But uh, 2013, God, if the circumstances are happy, you know, and they send a Swedish lady come there, stayed with us, and uh, using that and other things, but burned my heart to go back to Sweden, to my own people, where I was born and raised. I realized, you know, they were like me, but most of them really hard. It's a hard country. It was like me, it had nothing to do with God. But by the grace of God, I came to this country like an outlaw, and somebody shared the gospel with me. When you have opportunity, please share the gospel when you're out there. It's easy to help, but when you get out there, share the gospel. That's why I was there, and the Lord burned me in 2015. The Lord made it possible, went back to Sweden, and been there for eight years. And they're trying to share the word of God, the precious gospel who God had somebody share with me so they can be saved. I said all this is a little bit of background, but I want to go into the message because if you have a question after, you can ask, but I mean, isn't that the most wonderful thing and the most important thing in life? The gospel of Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to share from the scripture. I want you to turn with me to Second uh, Corinthians. Now we go, that's just the introduction, oh, now we get into the Word of God, okay? Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. We know Corinthians, this is church, this is, can I say that the church of Christ? We know you said, you know, but this is Christ's church, right? They were saved people, right? Corinthians, they were God's people. They were saved, but they had lots of problems, didn't they? If you read Corinthians, they was, we have some kind of problem too, you know? We are not perfect, but you know, God is perfect. But it was a Lord church, and Paul is talking to them. And I'm going to preach a chair, was on my heart, a message, but it's a very simple thing. But in the Second Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talking to this church, this local church. He said in verse 1, Have you gotten used to my English? You, have, you understand? If I talk too fast, I don't get embarrassed if you put your hand up and tell me to slow down. Sometimes I get too excited. But I want you to understand from the Word of God. Okay? Because in verse 1 here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, it said, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly. Indeed, bear with me. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I exposed you to one husband, that I might present you as chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear that by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, please help me to share, speak clear and just in English, and share the word of God and use the Holy Spirit for me so I can do it clearly for you be glorified and the people here be encouraged, your people. It might be somebody who don't know you. I come to know you today for your glory, Lord. Please, in Christ's precious name I pray. Amen. I ask this first thing he said there in verse 3. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I call this a message, you know, it's the simplicity that's in Christ. You know, simple thing, you know, so, you know sometimes we talk about Bible simple, 
It means the same as being ignorant, you know. That's not the thing, but simplicity in Christ is different. But it's all things in Christ. But you know, in Psalm 119, one third, I believe it said, and the end of thy word given light, is given understanding unto the simple. So we receive Christ. We know faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. We're talking here about the simplicity in Christ. But before that, he used the word that so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, remember we're talking to God's people, saved people, and corrupted. That's a strong word, isn't it? To be corruption, corruption we talk about in politics nowadays and around the world, oh, they're corrupted, politics and all that. You know what I'm talking about? Corrupted is a strong word. But God uses strong word for that God's people, we can be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, don't misunderstand me. God is not simple. But he made the simple thing for us to understand. Yes, trust him. You know, in Proverbs 3, 5, or 6, I said, Trust in the Lord with all the heart, lean not on thy own understanding. The simplicity is we need to trust in Him everything, ups and downs. So I'm going to share some, quite a few scriptures, but I want to think about this one thing. Simplicity in Christ. This is one person, what we talk about. That's a true religion. I want you to think here today about one thing. That's why I'm going to try to hammer in one point message about one thing. So remember that that's one word, one thing. Because in the Psalm 27.4, it starts out this, one thing have I desired. Psalm 27.4. All right? One thing have I desired of the Lord, but that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the day of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, this psalm is right, one thing I've desired. We talk to saved, born again believers. That should be that, if you have a Holy Spirit in you, that should be that desire to know more about Jesus Christ, to know more about Him, right? To keep on going, to desire. That's a bit from the heart. Where is your heart's desire? Where is the Psalm 37, 4? It says, delight thyself in the Lord, and He gave you the heart's desire. The heart's desire should be all of us, you know, want to know more about Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. more about Him so we can share with ours to somebody else, one more person to get saved, and know more how we live our life. Because in this world, we can nothing take with us. You know that? But I heard a song. It's a kind of temporary song. You probably heard the three crosses. You know, it's a, it's a man from Oklahoma wrote it. But, you know, the thing that, you know, we can nothing bring with us when we go. But we can leave something behind us. What is that? Our testimony, how we live for the Lord. That is so important. That's what we can leave behind, how we live for the Lord. And we all should have that. I hope you're with me. We start this thing about simplicity in Christ. You don't have to make it complicated. So first, we got saved. If you know him, desire to know him more. It's in the heart. And he said, uh, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. That means back then it was a temple. Nowadays we have a privilege to go to the Lord's church, the local church, like you can worship together here, you can fellowship together here, you can share your burdens, you can share your hearts and your ups and downs. That's the greatest thing, a privilege, a man of God, a new person of God, you know, women and men. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the greatest privilege on earth, to be saved and have a privilege to serve him in one of his churches and be able to go. But don't take this here for granted, the church. 
Because, you know, we've been out in the field, and you've been out there, and I've been place me and my wife, we had for three years, we'd had nobody. It was COVID, we don't blame COVID, we don't blame nothing, but things happen, you know. We tried to share the word of God. I've been going to 22 or 23 different villages, giving out 15,000 pamphlets about the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody, very few, the most responders, you know, they get upset. We keep going. But I say that we don't have that fellowship. Sometimes just me and Messiah. But we have that desire to know more about so we can share with one. Because I believe in all my heart, if one soul gets saved, if one soul repents, if one sinner repents, there's joy in the presence of the Lord in heaven. So that's have to be the start of our desire. Let's start in our heart. So the second thing is, it's in Mark chapter 10, verse 21. To save time, you can turn, but it started in Mark 17. You know the rich, young ruler who came to Jesus, who's running and kneeled before him? They said, good master, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He come there, and you know, Jesus told him, you know, why do you call me good? It's only one good, it's God. And he told this man, you know, that, uh, what you need to be saved, right? To have eternal life. He comes running to Jesus, this uh, rich man, young ruler. He kneeled. Good thing, right? He came to the right person. He came to Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ told him about the law, right? To the Ten Commandments. He said, yes, I've done them. But I want you to think about this thing here. Because we're preaching. I tried to share one thing. Jesus told him in Mark 10, 21. You with me? This young ruler. He said, then Jesus beholding him loved him. That's our Jesus. Beholding him means really got hold of him, loved him. You know, he cared for him. And he said unto him, one thing thou lackest. Here it is. One thing thou lackest. And what is it? Go thy way and sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. He told him something. You know the next verse would happen. He had lots of riches and griefs. He left. He couldn't get rid of his riches, his uh, property, right? That's why I want it so important here, you because know, one thing is lacking. You know, it can be this man, it was uh, riches, property. But all of us have something, you know, we can put before God. And I want you to think about this thing, one thing is lacking. We're going to serve God like he wants us to. We have to put everything to the altar. We have to say, here I am, whatever you want me to do. You know, this man was money. It can be a family. It can be, it can be everything who hinder you. I hope you understand me here. For me, Holly Davidson, he was my God. But, you know, it can, be a, it can be anything. It can be cars. It can be sports. It can be crusted, what ladies do. You know what I'm saying? If you put anything before God and don't pick up the cross and follow him, we can't be his disciples. This is kind of I don't talk about salvation, though, but I hope, are you with me today? We're talking about one thing, the simplicity that's in Christ. This is Jesus talking. We have to have a desire from our heart, and we have to give everything to him. God has to be first. What did you say in Matthew 6, 33? Seek give the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. Isn't that a wonderful promise of God? That's what I took little. I took everything there. I know because he, I've seen. I can talk all day, but I'm not going to do it at the same time. But man, you know, everything we need, 
whatever it is, if it is money, if it costs, or whatever it is, it might not be the thing best we like, but, it, but we think it is, but it's the best for us. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? That is so important. So we continue here because it has to be one thing, desire from the heart, and one thing is lacking. We have to give everything to him because he's going to take care of us. That is so wonderful. So one thing, in Luke 10, 42, very familiar, about there, they start earlier, you know, Jesus Christ came to the Martha's house. You know what I'm talking about? Martha, Maria, Mary, and uh, Lazarus. And uh, here was the Mary, that, uh, Martha, the busy lady. It's good to be busy, but he, she was not busy in the right thing. But she was busy about the good thing. It was not sin, right? But uh, what did Mary did? She was sitting on Jesus' feet, right? Listening to him. And Martha was uh, busy about things. But uh, remember he told her, Martha, Martha. Yes. Right? But the point that's coming to her to save time here is he told her in verse 42, but one thing is needful. Here's that I tried to hammer in today. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which should not be taken away from her. What was the one thing she uh, chosen? To sit and listen to Jesus. Amen. You know, I heard people talk about that, and oh yeah, Martha is, is important too, you know, but in God's eyes, what Jesus said, it's one thing, right? Are you with me? It was about Mary. He wants her, Martha, do the same thing. What it means, so we can't sit on his feet in the same way, but we can sit at Jesus' feet, in this feet, this time we're living, because we have a sure word of God. Amen. He preferred the Bible for us. So we can sit, you know, we can start the morning, we can sit there, get up in the morning, and praise Him and thank Him. We can get in the Word of God and in between and before we go to bed and uh, we have it and sit at His feet. That means read the Word of God. It's not like, you know, it's like a machine. Oh, yeah, now we're going to read so many chapters, so many. It's nothing wrong, but, you know, you read, you ask Him, speak to me now, God. Because that's when you read that, it's God speaking to our heart. We're sitting at His feet. That's one thing that's important. And Mary have chosen that. How about us? Have you chosen that one thing? Is our desire is it to, yes, to know more about him from our heart. And we said, put everything behind us. We want to just him first in everything. When we need to put that, you know, sitting every day, start the day with the word of God. Let him speak to us. So we can speak to others. Are you with me? Amen. And then he's going to talk about John, chapter, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 9. You know, the whole chapter is about this blind man, right? You know, I'm talking about, you know, the blind man who was born blind. And the disciple asked him, you know, who says is his sin or his parents? God says, none. It's a good glory to God, you know. But you know the story there too, you know. Uh, he came and uh, Jesus spit on his eye. It's about something. God used it. That's a simple, that's a pretty uh, humble thing, right? The spit in the eye, right? You know, but, you know, he didn't know, he couldn't see, right? But, you know, he opened his eyes. And the thing is there, you know, the Pharisee, this religious group back then, who's supposed to know Jesus, who's supposed to know Messiah, who's supposed to do right, they thought, man, there's something wrong here, you know, and they, uh, Ask him question. Or don't, they didn't believe he was that blind. Is that something? That even they called, you know, uh, his parents. 
And they, uh, you know the story, they, they come and they said, you ask him because he's of age. They was afraid of the Jews could tell them they have that religious thing, you know, so we don't want to be kicked out of the church, right, or the synagogues, you know. So they, Pharisees, they come back again and ask this blind man. You know the story, right? And the point they talk about one thing. I want you to listen to me. It starts in John chapter 9, verse 24. Then again, called the man that was blind, said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. Listen to this, you know. This is so-called religious people think they know it all, right? Have you run into them kind of people? They say they know everything and they're very all kind of thing. They have they claim they know that thing. They say they know that Jesus is a sinner. Do you understand of almost a blasphemy of they are saying it? They said Jesus, the Son of God, who healed all this and raised dead from the uh, up to live, you know, and uh, they said, give God the glory, and, and uh, we know this man is sinner. They didn't know, right? They was blinded. You know, we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 there, and they talk about the God of this world had blinded them. Yeah. You know, that religion can be a bigger hinder than uh, anything to go to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. We can be so involved in religion and going to church, doing good things, and sometimes can be such a hinder like, uh, I don't lift up my back, but I was just a plain old sinner. It's such a thing to say, we all plain old sinner, but I didn't have that thing. I had other things to battle, but sometimes, I hope you understand what I'm saying, these religious people, they're so blinded, so they call Jesus a sinner, because you know the truth. But this man, I want to listen to this answer in verse 25, John 9:25. He answered, said, wherever he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know. Here's that word today. Simple message, but one thing. One thing I know. That there is I was blind, now I see. That's, you know, when we were saved. You know, whatever happened, whatever background you have, whatever circumstances, but then the word of God get into your heart. Faith come by hearing. You hear the word of truth. And get into your heart. And you realize you was a sinner, you know, before God. And you... Turn around, repent me, turn around to him and ask him forgiveness. You receive Lord Jesus Christ. You believe from your heart. You know something happened. That's not the feeling. When I was saved, I had, there was not the feeling. It was a knowledge. I knew who I believed. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I believed him, died for my sin. I took the word, like he said, and I received Christ. Knowledge. We know, like this man, he was blind. It's a physical, but he knew he was blind. Nobody can, they just try to deny a thing. Best thing, if you're saved, you can know you're saved. Amen. Not by feeling, but by through the word of God. Amen. The wonderful thing that later this man, Jesus, come to him, asking if you believe in the Son of God, right? He said, who is he? He said, it's me. I can't paraphrase, you know. He got saved. It's one thing to open your eyes, but when you open your blind heart, man, that is the one. When we all been that, if he was lost, we was blind. And, you know, but by the grace of God, he opened our heart to see God's wonderful love. And I ask you before I continue, I'll share quickly here because it's got my heart. I don't want to chase you rabbit. If you remember 1 Corinthians 2, 8 9, we promise to us believers, I have not seen, air have not heard, have not entered into the heart, will we prepare for them who loved him. We love him because he loved us first. Because it's a love 
God's love, agape love will constrain us. It means force us to go on, keep on, keep on. That's what keep, keep me going. Now for 34 years, I'm so thankful. I'm 68 years young, but I lived for 34 years for the devil without knowing it. But now by the grace of God, his love, living for him for 34 years. And I have getting plus, from now on getting plus on the God side. But I said all this because we know the Bible salvation, so great salvation is to know salvation. You just read all over in the Bible in the Old Testament, he wants you to know. He wants us to know. It's so wonderful. So quickly, uh, Philippians 3.13. We know that too, but I'm going to just say Paul writing here. Brethren, he said. I, uh, Philippians 3.13. I count not myself to have apprehended, uh, apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the price of Jesus, high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But this one thing I do, one thing I do, what is that? Pressing on to know more about Jesus. Pressing on more to be more faithful to him. You know, that's it. To know more about him so we can share more. That's simplicity in Christ. Is that what's driving us? Because what he done for us, that's what we should get excited about. I'm still excited about serving Jesus Christ. Amen. I serve this because I continue. We have a couple of scriptures. No time limit, a few more minutes, right? Please. Because, uh, you know, I remember when I got saved. I, I was excited, not the feelings, you know. I get excited about truth. You know, it's different. I just talked to yesterday to a man about that. He, started, he just talked against himself, but he said, oh, it's not feelings. That's feeling. I said, no, it's not feelings. But you know, when you receive truth, you get excited about truth. That's a different feeling. It's all right to say, praise the Lord and hallelujah about the truth. The truth will set you free. We are free to leave him. You know what? Before the Lord saved me, I had all this, you see me, I had long hair and I got tattooed crazy sweet up here, all kind of things. That's not that big, but you know, I put on a macho, try to be, you know that in Harley Davidson, but the macho thing. An image, you know. I was a chicken inside. But it helped me to throw people, you know, and God may be pretty big and strong, so, but it was just a, not me. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all can put on an image to be somewhere else. We can only put on image in church. We can act church. You know that? And that's a, very deceiving. We can be a wonderful thing to being saved belong to Jesus Christ. We can be ourselves. It's the greatest thing. I learned to be free, set free. The truth set us free so we can be ourselves and let God work in our hearts. He knows best where we need to be. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That's worth to say amen. This is one thing, one thing, simple message about the simplicity in Christ. There's only one thing we need to start with the heart, desire of the heart. And one thing lacking, we have to put everything behind, put Him first. And we need to do that, you know, the needful is to sitting on Jesus' feet, get into the Word of God. And we need to know, one thing, know, He did the change, not us. And that's what said, Paul, he was that religious man who got saved. And they said, this thing I know, forgetting, keep on going to know more about Jesus. So in the second Peter 3.8, Peter tell uh, the people, the brethren, he said, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. This one thing you talk about here is about time. I want you to understand that it's about time. 
But one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. I know some people out there try to make it into evolution, all kind of thing, but no, that means Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is eternal. Amen. You know, about time. It's one thing, believe it or not, ignore this one thing. Because one day is God, it's like a thousand years, it's nothing. We as believers, who have been born again believers, have received Christ and have the joy and serve Him, it's ups and downs, wherever going. We need to learn to think eternal. He gave us eternal hope. Christ in you have a hope of glory. It's eternal hope. It's a hope that's laid up in heaven. It's a hope, if you read in Hebrews 6, 8, 9, it's an anchor, anchor of heaven. The hope is Lord Jesus Christ because he's in heaven. He didn't stay dead. He rose. He shed his blood so we get forgiveness for our sins. But our hope is you have a living God, like Amen. Peter said, a living God. That's what we need to, because it don't matter what. One lady has shared with me with some mission who was 100 years old and still clear, and uh, it's wonderful to live that long, right? But it's nothing compared to eternal. Jesus only lived 33-some years. It changed everything in our heart because we did that. But we need to, life is short. That's the point. Live our life. You only have one life. Live it for him. It's worth it. Because we have eternal hope. It's real. It is real. Are you with me? Almost close. Okay. Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6. My soul, you start with. Personal, right? Each one should say that my soul. Wait thou only upon God. Not another thing. Only upon God. That's one thing. Only upon God. For my expectation is from him. Our expectation should be from him. Mine is from him. It should be for you too, right? Our expectation is from God. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Closing here with Philippians 127. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. It's a short, simple message today about the simplicity in Christ. But we can be corrupted, we people, God's people. The world can sneak in, all kind of things, the lust of the eyes, the lust of his word, whatever it is. The hindrance of that simplicity, just give a heart. It's about heart business. Where is your heart today? I trust in here. I heard many, but I don't know you. Just a few people I know from the 30 years, you know. But I trust, Lord knows your heart, that he is your Savior. Lord Jesus Christ, we've done on the cross. The simplicity of preaching the cross. The foolishness of preaching the cross. We died for our sin. We was buried and rose again. If you don't know him personally, if you don't know for sure, let him be your Savior today. Somebody can share it with you. I believe it all my heart. And then give everything to the altar, so to speak, right? Put him first. Get into the word of God and learn the sweetest thing. That means, you know, some people say, oh, now I'm saying, no, nothing happened. You know, since I got saved, I had more problems than I had before in one sense because I, since I go against the world. When you give your heart to the Lord, you go against the world. You know that? You swim against false religion, all kind of thing. But he's always there and helpful. He gets sweeter. The knowledge here, not the problem. I can stand here and talk about all kind of problems we have, you know, a physical problem. We have one son buried down there on Okinawa. He was only seven months old. You know, there's sorrow. But he's right there. 
His grace is sufficient. We are saved by His grace. We are kept by His grace. And it's sufficient in any situation. He gave you that grace sufficient, whatever happened. I just trust in the simplicity of Christ. It's in your heart today. I give over to you. Pastor.